Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech on Black Hollywood Live. Today, social media is used in a whole new way, and Jay-Z gets spiritual. Let's go. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Live's Geek Nerd Tech. They, they come to the surface of things. All this work you may Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech, the show we break down tech news and nerd culture from a black and brown geek perspective. Um, I'm Joe Braswell. As always, I'm joined by Akili Shine. Akili Shine's in the building. Um, we're listening to Jay Z Spiritual, released in the wake of uh, a pretty tough few days. You know, and all, and all, all, all the way around. Yeah, very uh, tough few days, very emotionally draining, um, a lot of time for reflection and introspection and, and analysis. It's been a whole lot, man, to process and deal with. Yeah. yeah. I think that, uh, you know, what we can say is that the the way that all this, all of this is intersection intersecting with technology and social media and the way people are... Um, interacting, uh, mobilizing, expressing themselves, and also uh, calling out for help is, is something that you know we, we, it's, we've probably never seen it before. This at the height of like this. Yeah, I mean we've seen the brutality, we've seen the injustice since we've been here. You know, since slavery, but we've never seen the coverage in the way that we're coming across these incidents because of technology and because of not only capturing. You know, events, but also being able to disseminate and communicate them to masses of people instantaneously. Right. So. Uh, to that point, uh, yeah. To that point, um, that's interesting. Um, you, you can you can kill the music. I mean, I love Jay Z, but uh, to that point, I think it's really interesting that um, you know people in the '60s and in the, in the, in the height of the civil rights movement, like, you know, like when the, the the tide didn't really turn. From a national standpoint, from the average, uh, you know, white person, average suburban person in the, in the '60s, until you started to see <clears throat> television coverage yeah. of you know kids being sick, dogs being sick on kids, and, and and people being Bones hosed down, down and all yeah. that stuff. And then America was like, "Whoa, whoa, what's, what's, what's all this?" Yeah. And that's when the tide turned. I think we're starting to see. Uh, this is a very similar version of that because, like you said, this has always been going on, right? But now. We're really, you know, with with between you know our own cameras in our own hands and social media and even the body cams on on police officers, we're able to see you know a lot more, not everything, but a lot more. And it's enabled. It, but the, the the difference for me is it's still able to inform and enrage the public, but it's having an almost reverse effect in this climate too. There's a lot of people who are like you know really uh, <laughs> mad about it. I mean, yeah, a lot of people are mad about it. Um, I feel that, you know, the difference between, you know, the advent of the medium of television in the 50s, 60s is that, you know, you, you, the point of view was um, through the eyes of a producer or through a network um, versus now the point of view is through the person that is capturing. And point. there's really no censorship in the sense that, you know, I'm framing a narrative to either program people or maybe change change how the actual event unfolded like you're seeing it raw you're seeing it real and you're seeing it almost in real time yeah like i think that is something that you know we haven't experienced um with any of the mediums of technology that we've had in in the world so yeah. it's interesting too when we talk about 
all this talk about, you know, you know, Meerkat and then Periscope and then Facebook Live, a lot of talk was it about, like, how can we monetize it? How can we, you know, how, how are the celebrities going to get to their people? How are the ads going to work? And no one really talked about the effectiveness of things like this right. and things like um, uh, the way that my girl, uh, I can't Diamond. Remember, Diamond. Yeah. Uh, Diamond Reynolds was able to use um, it the other day, and that we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that story. And that 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 is a sort of a heart wrenching story. And we we're talking off air about it, and you were just sort of saying how you know uh, the presence of mind and the cool calmness to be able to to, to roll you know video on, yeah, on well, that. While that your moment. daughter's in the back seat and your fiance is dying, taking his last breaths as blood is being leaked out of his body. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's unimaginable. But um, at the same time, it's like I think you, you mentioned, like you know, what you were saying, like your take about, it, like at first you thought, you know, this is this is how can they do this? How can someone do this? And right. then you realize how smart it was, right? Yeah. So I mean, my last note about technology too is like never before have millions of people had their own video camera broadcast editing suite in their pocket. Yeah, like that. That's like you know iPhones, Androids, that has changed the world. And I, I don't think that was ever I don't think that was ever the intent of Steve Jobs um, in the sense that people would be documenting things for social political, in the social political sphere. But I think like we have this tool that gives us so much power and I think that we are still learning how to use it, to galvanize, to inform, to educate. But man, being able to have this tool is giving people a lot more um, power, you know? Yeah, so. absolutely. It's, it's, it's amazing. Like I said, we, I mean, I have, I have a, you know, a 4K video and iMovie in my pocket. Exactly. You know? And, and, and I, I can shoot something, cut it, and send it out to the world within exactly. minutes. Right. You know? <laughs> and like that, that, that didn't exist. Right. Um, yeah, and I, I'll just reiterate what I already said, but I'm just wondering if I think it's worth reiterating that. You know, again, so much has made been made of this technology about how it's going to change the world from a making money standpoint, a monetization standpoint, and not enough has been even thought about uh, how it's going to change the world from a social standpoint. I mean, we had all the stuff that, that went down with um, the Arab Spring and Twitter, and, and how Twitter and Facebook, you know, really helped uh, start that 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 youth revolution. You know, back then a few years ago, um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, how things unfold via social media over the next couple of days as it relates to um, all of all of this stuff that's that's, that's happening. Um, yeah, because because before, like you mentioned, what we were talking about here before, you know, there's there's certain pockets of certain communities. I mean, we you know we live in Los Angeles, you know, New York, Los Angeles, Miami. Those are big the big giant police departments, big municipalities who have had their problems. Obviously, historically, both NYPD and the LAPD has had their historically had their problems allegedly cleaned up but there's pockets of the country in the south and in other places and in, in that that these small you know sheriffs these not these not very small municipalities and very small counties right you know <laughs> that are running and, and parishes exactly. that have their own police force that really are entrenched in the, in the jim crow south and really it's just a different ball game and now mm-hmm. up here you know in, in cushy la I may know about it, but I don't know about it until someone down there is filming it and showing it to me in real time. Right. Like, that's kind of a game changer. Yeah, definitely a game changer. We live in a point, shoot, and capture environment, and um, that's the culture. That's the culture that, that we have now. Like, we don't just rely on surveillance cameras. We have our own cameras. Right. Um, but, I mean, I, I feel what 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 is happening 
in the small parishes in the big cities is systemic of a, a global system of white supremacy. I mean, it doesn't matter um, if if it's a small town or if it's a city of millions of people. Like it's the way it's structured, it's the way that it's built that allows for this type of thing to happen. Right, and so that is what needs to be addressed. Yeah, and I, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, so let's move on. So Jay Z uh, was we heard at the top of the show released a track called Spiritual. I think this is coming from his, from his forthcoming album, but uh, I think he thought it was uh, the time he was right to release it now. And, uh, you know, he sort of quoted as saying he's disappointed by this America. Uh, hmm. Sad and disappointed by this America. Um, you know, we should be further along and we're not. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I have to agree with a thousand percent with that sentiment. Like, it just, it's just it's shocking to me, you know, in my lifetime, I'm 45, and in my lifetime, just how where things were when I was in junior high and high school, how things seemed to progress, you know, through the late nineties and, and the early aughts and how just fifteen years away <laughs> away from nine eleven, you know, we're we're back to I don't know. <laughs> we're we're back to like pre nineteen eighties for me. I don't know. Yeah. I mean I, I totally have those same sentiments being that I'm thirty six, grew up in the eighties and I you know, I I felt and I felt those things personally, um, especially with you know the crack cocaine epidemic and guns and drugs being um, thrusted into our communities, um, and then our, our families being broken because of prison industrial complex. Um, but I applaud Jay Z and I, pl- I applaud other artists for using the medium of music or film or whatever artistic expression to be able to kind of like uh, yeah speak their mind and and help people to see a. a, a a different perspective like i mean you had you know solange doing stuff on instagram singing yep. black maybe you had beyonce yep. taking a stand at her concert um i mean even here on the west coast the game and snoop are were, were protesting this morning yeah like a lot of artists um a lot a lot of people a lot of celebrities in general were very vocal about this and i think that is something that is even athletes like I think that is something that is very much needed because those are the people that that we kind of look up to they have they have influence they have power of their own and so to have them be vocal about this really just helps us um, as a people yeah so. I, 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 I agree with all of that um, and uh, I, it's good to see <clears throat> um, it's just you know in the wake of watching sort of that that OJ documentary talking about um, the first chapter of that talked a lot about those folks in the 60s, the Jim Browns and the, and the mm-hmm. Ali's and the Kareem's, Kareem's of the world, the who, Russell's, Russell's who, who, who are speaking out and, and uh, you know, and, and the John Carlos's and, and all those guys who are speaking out and doing things uh, while OJ was not. And, and so we seem to have drifted back to a culture, you know, with, with uh, you know, Tiger Woods and Michael, Michael Jordan. They were sort yeah. of sticking to that. Exactly. But now we seem like we, the pendulum has swung back to people who are now speaking out you know? right. so we'll see we'll be interested to see what uh what, what our what our what our leaders in culture right. and athletics do you know uh, so, absolutely um but it's good to hear from jay-z it's good to hear from snoop and, and game and other folks and solange so absolutely. um speaking of the prison <laughs> the industrial prison industrial complex uh you know the, obama's uh who's our tech president is 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 actually uh, trying to do some things, or the Obama administration doing some things to use uh, mega data and and all kinds of advanced uh, 
you know, metrics and data to shrink our prison population. I mean, there's a uh, there's a there's a data driven justice initiative he has where he has 67 cities and states who are working together um, with with like with with uh, pallet. Palantir and Amazon are basically trying to use data to find ways to shrink our our, our population, our prison population. Right. Um, I mean, I think obviously there's more there's there's more than one way to skin a cat. I mean, there's 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 a bunch of crazy, uh, unfair and ridiculous, uh, you know, sort of laws written written around the war on drugs that happened in the '80s that. Caused this escalation. Thank you, Ronald Reagan. Yeah, uh, and, and, Rockefeller and, laws. And, yes, and uh, but and Bill Clinton too. Let's, let's be honest. But to a certain degree. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, but it's, as, 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 if you can't go in and just change all the laws or set people free and do whatever, you can try to do some things through technology and, and figuring out what you know what the best course of action is. Yeah, definitely. I think you know using the technology that we have and and getting metadata. To be able to see, to pinpoint and locate um, who is in prison that shouldn't be based on maybe petty crimes or you know nonviolent crimes and yep. seeing how, how they have a long sentence for something that doesn't really it doesn't really require the, the crime doesn't require the sentencing no. and so having that data having that evidence and presented in in that form I think will give you know uh, the people you know more uh, power or more voice in terms of how we address prison reform. And then, and then a further point in terms of technology. I, I've just been—I re- was reading an article, I think, about a week ago about how they want to um, incorporate virtual reality into the prisons and to create a world, a world in the virtual reality that is mm. like if you were released from prison to get inmates used to living outside of prison through VR. And so I don't know—I don't know if that's a great idea. I don't know if that is something that. Um, if it's a form of programming, I don't know, but that is something that they are teetering with. Um, I only brought that up because we're talking about tech. As oh, yeah, no, I, I, it's, well, it's funny because I, I did a virtual reality experience yesterday uh, at, at, at the office where we're at, and uh, I was in there for 10 minutes, and I was completely 15, and it completely transformed me. Right. And I thought, this is no good. So, yeah, I mean, I, if, if, look, if... Yeah, if you could use VR to, uh, to 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 change someone's experience, or uh, I, you know, that, that that sounds like a good idea to me. I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess it, it depends on what, what what punishment, the punishment part of crime and punishment, what people want that to look like. Exactly. Because I mean, instead of sending you to the hall, they could put the VR goggles on you, send you somewhere way worse. Way worse. Yeah. You know? Exactly. I don't know. Just mess up your brain. <laughs> I know. It's, it's an, I know. Um, I know. A whole bunch of jokes now. I can't help myself. Okay, uh, I'm going to skip down. Oh, I do want to talk about the Republican convention. There's a, new, the, there's a new app that will allow folks to get a 360 view of the Republican convention. It's interesting tech, but why I think it's the most interesting because the Republican convention is going to be kind of lit this year. So I, I may want to get you know a 360 view and catch what, what's going on in the corner. I mean, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I think you know when we talk about experiential opportunities for the technology like we I think we discussed on the show having this technology used at a at an NBA game um, or use it at a sporting another sporting event but yeah this is great because if you're watching on TV or you're watching somewhere and you want to feel like you're st- you still have an immersive experience this is the best way to do it and we have the, we have the tech to do it we have the the right cameras we have the the, the technology that can 
that can give us that experience. And so I, I think it's kind of cool um, that I don't have to necessarily have to be a ticket holder or, or be invited to the event to still have, you know, uh, a, a bird's eye or first person experience, you know? Right, right. So. Exactly. Um, I'm going to skip down to this um, Apple story about um, about double storage, but I don't know if you want to you hit this first or after. Oh, we can do it after. All right. So, yeah. so Apple... Uh, Apple uh, is, is may- maybe, supposedly, the next iPhones are going to be smaller and, and big as, as much as, maybe as much as 256 gig phones, um, which is great, considering I remember the day when they started off with, did they start with two gigs or four gig? I think it was four. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's a laugher. Like, how could you? How could you do anything with four? Gigs? I know that was back in the I day. Have, like two albums, three I know, photos. <laughs> I know. But I remember like, and the, and the people with a four gig iPhone, that, and they like, was flossing it like, flossing, yeah, yeah, four gigs. <laughs> Man, what you get out of here? I got this. It would be up as much like it was, it was like I got like fifteen hundred songs. <laughs> that was like the big thing. Like how many songs you can have? Right. Uh, but yeah, the things have changed. So two hundred fifty six gigs. I mean, I'm at one twenty eight right now. I, I think I'm. I think I'm doing pretty good. But I'll take the two fifty six. I mean, I don't know. And, um, and, and, how, and how were you landing? Because I went all the way up with my uh, uh, iPhone 6S. But where, how were you, were you landing on the smaller iPhones? People are, people are trending back towards they want the small phones. Um, I mean, my lady has the, the, the phone that you have, the bigger version, um, the iPhone 6 Plus. And, you know, I, I, I tend to like that one, like the way, it, you know, it organically feels in my hand. And uh, But, I, I mean, I'm not mad at the one that I have, you know, right. the, the iPhone 6. Um but in terms of storage, like I think it's great because obviously we need you know a phone that can handle all the media that we're capturing and right. all the apps that we're we're downloading and interfacing with. And so I tend to you know my next purchase of of a phone will probably be the larger format um, because I like seeing stuff a little a little bigger. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm, I mean I feel that iPhone still needs to do something revolutionary. And I think the last few uh, releases, and I think this release is is going to be far from revolutionary. Yeah. I think the the days of the, the what am I trying to say the the big keynote, the, the big reveal, yeah, the big reveal, and the and the Steve Jobs like, oh coming my, out, the, like, the oh my yeah. gosh moment. Yeah. I think those days are kind of gone. Um, I think I think now the innovation is going to come with the software. I agree. So. And, well, I was going to ask you a question, and you kind of answered it. But what do you like? What what, what we say you need a wow moment. What what can what can they do? Like if you if Blue Sky Kelly shines uh, the president of Apple, you have ten quits job. Like what would you be, be your job for the keynote tw- the twenty seventeen keynote of July fourth? I mean, I honestly think it would be software based. I think it's it's not necessarily aside from the camera, uh-huh. um, aside from. Uh, maybe the the processor and the speed at which things are moving with the hardware. I think the only thing that would be like give me that wow moment is like oh I can do I have this tool now to be able to to right. this pro- productivity tool to be able to use or this social tool to be able to use. I think that would kind of push me over. Um, but yeah, I, I can't imagine right now you put me on the spot like hardware wise what they could do aside from just developing the speaker. Um, the camera, right. um, just the the, uh, the the resolution of the screen. Right. Like, I can't think of anything, anything else. It could be like uh, like Robert Downey Jr.'s watch in, in uh, Civil War. <coughs> like you probably... <laughs> 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 some... Right, stuff. right, right, right. Um, well, yeah. Small business owners, it's time to be honest about how you feel when dealing with your day-to-day admin work. Admit it, you can't stand it, and it's a total grind. The truth is over 5 million small business owners felt exactly the same way until they discovered FreshBooks. 
And FreshBooks is the dead simple cloud accounting software that's transforming how small business owners handle their paperwork. And I think this is really good for, you know, business owner like myself and yep. you. Yep. Um, using FreshBooks to create and send an invoice literally takes about 30 seconds. There's no formulas or formatting, just perfectly crafted invoices every single time. Your client can pay you online, which often means you end up getting paid a lot faster, which is always a good thing because I need my money. Um, there's a super handy deposit feature so you can invoice for a payment up front when you're kicking off a project. FreshBooks can even show you whether or not a client has looked at the invoice you've emailed. Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> this is only a fraction of what FreshBooks can do for you. You owe it to yourself to feel the full effect of FreshBooks on you and your small business. For a 30-day free trial, just go to freshbooks.com forward slash geek. That's freshbooks.com forward slash geek, G-W-E-K. And enter That's Geek us. Nerd Tech in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Yep. Freshbooks, man. Geek Nerd Tech. Fresh books, yes. Uh, you know, um, I, I I need that. We need that. That small business guys. So, oh yeah, I don't know. That's definitely a tool we got to have in the in the kitty. Yes, sir. Um, uh, so I'm gonna move on to uh, I'm, I'm skipping down to Snapchat um, because Snapchat uh, has a Snapchat's been really changing the game for a minute from a, from an ad advertising standpoint. And uh, I heard a joke on Bill Simmons' uh, HBO show talking about how Snapchat's worth. X amount of billion, but they can't figure out how, to, how they're going to turn a profit. Well, they're doing a really good job with with these ads and then the, and the way they're using these ads and this new thing. Um, they're they're finally with the Ghostbusters filter. It's the first time they're doing a dual lens, right? So you can shoot you can shoot someone and and and, get, and have some stuff happen. You can shoot yourself, right? And have something happen. I think that that's that's ingenious. I think that the, the way the innovation, like you said, like in software, the innovation of what they're doing, and people love the IP. People love whatever the movie's going to be. Ghostbusters. If you can figure out a way to get your movie like on Snapchat, Jason Bourne, whatever it is, people are going to love it. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. Um, it's just an, it's another offshoot of of your favorite piece of content, your favorite franchise, to be able to integrate and interface with it. Um, I think Snapchat is the perfect platform for that. Um, and you, obviously you have the Discover aspect of it where a, a brand or a, a network or a company can come in and, and, and create specialized content for a, a particular audience. And I think in conjunction with having the, the, the camera tool, I think it's, just per, it's perfect marketing. Um, and it's hitting, it's hitting the millennial audience in a way that no other platform has figured out a way to do. Um, and I think... Especially for a franchise like Ghostbusters, it's perfect. It's perfect. It's right. perfect play. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree. Thousand times. Uh, I'll move on. Uh, BAE Systems. This is this is the story that that is again scares the shit out of me. So the BAE Systems has is, is working on growing, and I'm saying growing drones in a lab. So we're getting going drones. It's one thing to be able, we're going to build drones, not not build drones, not have robots build drones or a 3D printer, not 3D print drones, but organically growing them. Yeah, in the lab. What? This is this is definitely out of a, a, a dystopian post-apocalyptic movie. They're growing the drones. So, you know, yeah, they call it a chem computer using chemistry, organic materials, and then obviously technology to be able to grow. Weapons, drones, planes, whatever you know. I think and that's why crazy. is the first move not to go you know all hippy dippy on you? But why is the first move 
to grow weapons. I mean, but you got to that's, that's <laughs> you, you know the answer to that. Yeah. Like most of our technology started because of military. I mean, right. that's how that's where the biggest budgets are. That's how so, Iron Man started. <laughs> precisely. <laughs> so of course it's going to be a, a military operation and push first because right. I mean, everything else trickles down. You know, once after the military says, "Oh, we have something better now." Yeah. You guys can go play now. <laughs> Man, and this is on some super um yeah, this is on some super uh, 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 Matrix, Matrix shit right there. So that's definitely Matrix, one hundred percent. I'm definitely uh, keep my, my my eyes shut to that. But other thing is virtual reality for your own memories. Um, this this um, recording personal memories. This is this is something. I don't know if you are familiar with the um, the UK show Black Mirror. It's on Netflix. If you haven't checked it out. It's amazing, kind of a Twilight Zone for tech, yeah. uh, set in the near future. There's a um, episode called Memories of You which is this it's right. basically a Google Glass situation where you can watch something and play it back and then see something or see what happened in the corner right. and it kind of drives this guy crazy for, you know um, it's a great episode check it out this is that um, I don't know about this man like it's it's a weird thing because you know, virtual reality already enough is you're, you're already immersed in another world can you imagine being immersed in a past or, you know, or, or, or God forbid when someone passes away, being immersed in those memories, you can get, I, I don't, this is, te- technology is, we're, we're on the threshold of some crazy shit right now. Absolutely. Like, I think because of the the degree of immersion, like, it offers, um, it offers a, an addictiveness to it. Right. Like, you, you could be so enclosed in this world that you've created or, you know, a, a slice of your past that you're experiencing that you don't, you never want to leave because it either brings you comfort or, yeah, it might be your source of comfort, and that that could become something that turns into a dependent dependency. So, I mean, I get I get the the train of thought. Like, you know, you have photos, you have you know family videos that you know have the nostalgic feel that bring you back to a certain place in time and make you feel emotive. And so, I get that. Like, well, why not you know create a whole environment where you feel feel that way? Right. And I, I see the usefulness of that, but I definitely see the danger of it too. Man. Memories of I think it's called Memories of You. Check that episode out of Black Mirror on Netflix. Check out Black Mirror on Netflix. Um, is is some great science fiction. Yeah. Um, anyway, let me let me let me talk about our friends at Loot Crate. Um, Loot Crate for all you geeks and nerds out there like myself. Uh, Loot Crate lets you get collectibles and apparel and a bunch of other cool things from your all pop culture franchises delivered right to your door every single month. Um, you get like a t-shirt in every crate, comic books, figures, uh, stuff for your kitchen. Oh, yeah. Uh, all, all, a wide range of everything. I know um, our girl Alexis was big on Loot Crate. Um, she got all kinds of cool stuff. But also you can get your favorite fan franchises. So if you're a Harry Potter person or a Marvel person or if you're in a Fallout 4 or Star Yuck. Wars like me, um, you can get all that stuff. And for less than $20 a month. And usually the crates are about a 45 at least a $45 value. But let, let's, let me tell you what you get. Um Loot Crate is a monthly description uh, box service with epic geek and gamer items for pop culture gear. For less than $20 a month, you get 68 items. Um, That's nice. Uh, yeah, it includes licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, and unique one-of-a-kind items and more. Yeah, we have a special deal. You have until the 19th, 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe or receive that month's crate. And then a cutoff happens. 11 days. 11 days. days, Exactly. So uh, make sure you head over to lootcrate.com backslash GNT. Enter the code GNT um, and save $3 on any new subscription. That's lootcrate.com backslash GNT. Enter the code GNT to save on any new subscription. Um, And I think that's it. Man, let's get it. Um, 
Do, well, wait, what's, oh, well, hold on what this is. I'm going to read this too. Well, I think you I think, I think, yeah, you're straight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I want to shift gears to something that's kind of near and dear to uh, my heart and our heart right now is um, uh, Star Trek Beyond is coming out, the third Star Trek, and up on, uh, I guess, the 50th anniversary of Star Trek coming out. And um, it looks there like. It is. <laughs> it looks like that the beloved character. Um, that we know of Hikaru Sulu. What was that? Hikaru Sulu, <laughs> <laughs> the famed, uh, the most famous uh, helmsman, the fam- famous dri- dr- ship ship driver of them all. Um, he is uh, going to be revealed as gay in the new Star Trek Beyond. It's sort of a nod to George Takei. Right. Um, I think they thought it was a great idea to sort of like. Um, you know, maybe you know, sort of right. Not 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 right, wrong, but just sort of say it's more of a not. Like we're taking this character, he's going to be gay. Uh, I I read that George Takei though is not super happy with no, that. He's not at all. Yeah, he's so not he's not happy with it because he feels it's 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 not sticking to the original canon, right? And you know, Roddenberry's vision of of him being a, a heterosexual man who who's actually married right. with, with a child like he feels that he should they should stick to that canon and if they want to incorporate you know a gay character make a new character make a new character right. exactly and, you know and, and um you know at the time that bridge in the 60s obviously you know you had uh, russia in the middle of the cold war you had uh, a, a, a black lieutenant you know a communications officer but you then you had um a helmsman who was japanese so close very close after world war ii and the idea was that in that time especially you know these are a lot of our enemies the cold right. war people the um the, the, the asians right the black people are enemies <laughs> all, man, all of our enemies on the bridge but uh so yeah i think that, that that was doing the job and i think i agree with with um with um george takei you it's okay to bring in a new character right if you want to do that but uh you i don't know if you want to change the canon that, that, that this kid's in the sci-fi i, I think the, i think the problem is because most of the movies and correct me if i'm wrong most of the movies are are essentially stories before the original series right it's like pre-original series well, the movies take place in an alternate universe so what happens with the movies is they make a they make a delineation to what was happening like when when, when kirk started and then there's a break in the time to continuum so right. the movie explains that there was a world where kirk and, and william shatner and all those guys lived right but this is a world where these version of these people lives and this right. version is different so that's kind of okay. why they're able to do i get that, it. take license because it's the same, but it's not exactly the same. Got you. So, and that's why they were able in the first uh, Star Trek to have Spock show up and talk to Spock right. and explain that to him. Right. Like, I'm you, but you're on a different timeline. Right. You know. So, um, yeah. I mean, that, that, that was very complicated, but but very Star Trek at the same time. <laughs> Timelines. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess they can do whatever they want and again because because like 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 we just said, they're they're on their own timeline. But I kind of agree with George Takei. Like, you kind of I don't like messing with canon. Yeah, it's just you know, canon's canon, so I don't know. Uh, they did this with this, with the TV show Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Um, they had Enterprise set between before TOS and after the events of First Contact, right? And they brought in uh, Captain Archer as the first captain. When we all know the first captain was Captain Pike, and there's was, there was historically some other different captains, and so it was weird. Right. Anyway, uh, I digress. That's all I got. I think that's it for us today. Yeah. Do we, do we have one more? I, I think we, we we do maybe have one more. I don't know. Let I me mean, check. I, I I would just say like my one more is I, I would encourage you know people out there listening and folks that are feeling um, very low um, to you know keep the spirit, keep your spirits, keep your wits, um, talk it out, communicate, be reflective, write, create, 
Um, and I think that, you know, we will come up with some solutions as to what's happening in our world and our communities. Um, but I, I feel, I feel low. I feel the pain. Um, I feel the frustration and anger tired as a black man. Um, and I'm just figuring out how to use my creative abilities and my, my purpose to be able to help others. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that's what we all should be, um, pointing ourselves to do. Right. Um, well said, and I can't say it any better. I, I agree. I agree with all of that. Um, and that's it for us today. Thank you for joining us on Geek Nerd Tech. Um, we'll be back next week with hopefully some, some better news and some more optimistic and hopeful news um, on, on tech and nerd culture and geek culture. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagram at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, we have Ron Moore. Who... The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.